Hey, all you cool deers and pancakes. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Plapping and Fawning. <laughs> okay, work, Diva. <laughs> Uh, I am like so <laughs> disturbed right now. <laughs> Flapjack. Fawn. <laughs> Work. <laughs> uh, how are you doing today, Fawn? I am delirious. You don't say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of pancakes, you had brunch today, right? Yes. How'd it go? What'd it you think? It was so much fun. Um, I like might have dipped a little bit into spooky stuff a little early. I did my like bride zombie thing this morning because it's like i have only have a limited number of october shows Mm -hmm. and granted i have a lot but i have a lot of material plus i make new things every year so you gotta air it all out like i want to get it all out yes i live it out (laughs) it's more like a plot Um. (laughs) (laughs) i love it i love it so how is it going prepping for october stuff like do you just have numbers like, are you making new stuff? Or you told me that you're making new stuff, but is it mostly stuff you already have that you're going to be performing? So as of right now for October, I've got Huntsville Brunch. As far as Halloween-wise, I've got mm-hmm. Druid City Pride, which I know we're both performing at together. Yeah, I'm so excited. That'll be this coming Sunday. October 2nd. By the time this airs, it'll be this coming Sunday, October 2nd. Yes. Um, Both Flap and I will be at the 2.30 and the 5.20 time slots. <gasps> nice. I, I also am out. earlier in the day. I'm like two... I have two numbers. 2.30 mm-hmm. and 5.20. That's what I was told we were both are. Oh, you, you're... Oh, you, I'm sorry. Yes. My bad. I'm also delirious. Um, oh, so... Okay, okay, work. I didn't know that. Um, And... So we should carpool. Yeah, I'm not counting that in my October Halloween shows because it's not a Halloween show; it's a Pride. Yeah, it's Pride. Um, Why is it that like Pride things happen in October so often? I think it's because June is a packed month. Well, October is a packed month. Well, (laughs) as far as Pride goes, June is a packed month, and there's a lot to compete with. Even like within the state of Alabama, there's Mm. a lot to compete with. Um, I know Atlanta does an October Pride or usually does an October Pride. So, like, for big cities, why compete with another big city? That's true. Or s- even smaller cities, why compete with a big city? And in Alabama, October is a lot cooler than um, June. Interesting. Oh, also, National Coming Out Day is in October. Oh, that makes sense. And so I think things are like kind of circle around that too. Okay, that makes sense. All right, um, I'll take it. But yeah, so outside of that, I've got, uh, I have Huntsville Halloween brunch. I have the Central Alabama Pride um, Scary Story Show which is the same day as the Huntsville Bryant. Yes, and we're working with Majesty from Dragula for that. A finalist of season two. Work. I loved her. Um, Then I've also got a show at Queens Park. I've got a show at the Dive Bar, and then I've also got Stardom. So that's four Halloween shows. Mm -hmm. Um, My Huntsville brunch is going to be all previous Halloween things. Um. <laughs> Delayed. <laughs> and our... So then I've got something new that I want to bring for the Scary Story show that I'm working on. Then for Queens Park and Dive Bar, I'm probably going to be recycling some old stuff. Like, I literally have enough halloween stuff that i could do different numbers at each of these shows and not have to have something new but i'm going to still have new things for some of them like stardom i always have brand new stuff because halloween only comes once a year and i don't ever repeat stuff at stardom as far as halloween goes i repeat outfits and stuff but for stardom it's such a big thing and it's always one of our best-selling shows. I never repeat a previous year's Halloween costume mm. at Stardom. And so now this is the third year. And so now that's now going to be my four, my fifth and sixth costume made yeah. specifically just for Stardom. 
So it's one of those things. It's wild, wacky, waving, inflatable <laughs> arm tube <laughs> person. Not a man, but person. a non-binary, yeah. wacky, waving, inflatable arm tube. Non-binary. Person. I live. Uh, yeah, October is going to be really busy. I I'm finding myself kind of in this state of numbness right now because i am on day three of a five-day drag marathon um i you know i've got the camp on viewing parties on thursdays i just had the last uh show at the upside down plaza uh, yesterday on friday i have a quest show uh this saturday sunday i'm doing a brunch then monday i'm helping um with something called drag boot camp at uab um that'll be fun yeah i'm so excited i'm gonna be teaching a little seminar on how to do drag makeup 101 which is like why'd they pick me for that <laughs> but it's okay i'm gonna have all these little clowns running around that look just like me um, fine. <laughs> at the ball boot camp this friday so um, know, there's a lot of local entertainers working at that i think um isn't angel face and cam yes. cam both gonna be at that and twat as well and twat. um and then there is someone else who i have not worked with whose name is escaping me right now but they will be teaching ballroom um like ballroom courses uh uh vanderpump is i there is their name okay benji vanderpump oh i've seen them on the social media yes um very talented i i love it it's a lot of people who i like to work with and yeah um i think that I think we're all going to give some really good tips. Cause for me, I I'm going to try to really highlight, okay, I do campy makeup. So yeah. this is going to be tips that are, you know, for you to find the, the tutorial that you really want for the style that you want to do yeah. um, at this, at this ball. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm loving it, but also I am just, I, I'm, I feel very blessed to be having as many bookings as I do right now, but also I am just feeling a little overwhelmed and kind of tired. Um, and I'd like to get to a, back to I mean, a point. You look tired. Oh, I know <laughs> my track does too. Um, all washed up, only two years old. Uh, I would like to, after I think after Camp on a Kiki Stone and after October, like I've got a really, I'm gonna have a little bit of a break. Um, so I think I'm just gonna try to take some time to relax, take care of Clay, and rekindle that love that I have for drag. Work on some pottery. Um, Work on some pottery. Exactly. It'll be Ghost, that, you know, that movie. The, that movie yes. with the scene, with the pottery. I don't know. I've Molly, never seen it. Danger Girl. <gasps> That's that movie? Yeah. Wow. I, I don't even know references to the movie I referenced. Lord have mercy. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but yes, so I've, I've got that going on. If I'm not mistaken, you're also going to be co-hosting the October <gasps> DIY. Yes, I'm so excited for this. This is one of the the highlights for me for October. I'm really excited to be. I'm co-hosting a pop-up DIY drag show at Trim Tab Brewery. Yeah, um, making sure I'm getting all these details right. Yes, on October seventh. So um, I'll be doing that with Twat, and we, we, we've also got a really great cast lined up. I'm so excited for it. Um, and lots of little babies. So, hello, yeah. babies. Uh, I can't wait to see what y'all are bringing because it's going to be fun. You've got that one. And then the first weekend of November, I've got the one at yes. Firehouse. And did you see that my beloved is going to be performing Both in that one? Both of our as well? beloveds <gasps> will be performing <gasps> oh in that one. Oh, my God. I'm going to come not in drag so that, <laughs> so that I can know what it's like <laughs> to support a partner not in drag. <laughs> it's going to be such a good show. I. It's one of the shows that I'm looking forward to the most, honestly. Well, it's going to be so fun. And it's like one of those things. I don't know. I'm just excited. I'm excited, too. Um, and I just can't hide it. And you, Yeah? You got this feeling? I'm about to lose control. Oh, man. I gave a guess on those lyrics, but it's not good. And I think I want to. I want to. I want to. Was that the right song? I'm so excited. Oh, ta-ka-ka-ka. I just can't hide it. How do I not know this song? I feel like I should know this song. I'm about to lose control. Think I like it. <laughs> I love. I um. I, you know, I mentioned also that my upside down drag review show. We had the last one this past Friday. Um, kind of sad. It's Boo. coming to an end. Yeah, same. There they are. Yeah, I'm sad it's coming to an end. But we had a really fabulous audience. It was a wonderful way to close out um, a spectacular run. And I'm just looking forward to building on something new hopefully in the new year yeah. um i've got some things i'm working on getting back to producing because I, I, I really do enjoy producing shows um 
Yeah. I, I mean, I got to do these numbers where people were just really into it, singing along, wanted to come up and like dance with me. I, I felt like a, a superstar last night. So it was really spectacular. Um, I brought on Ivy Von Tits as one of my official cast mates at um, the Upside Down Plaza. And then it was like the day I brought her on, like a, a couple days later, I got a text that they weren't going to do the show anymore. Oh, and I was no. like, oh. So, so last night, Ivy helped me co-host. She it was amazing. And um, <laughs> I love Ivy so much. Me too. <laughs> I just felt bad. It was like, it's her first night as a cast member. And also her, her last. last. <laughs> uh, well, now, she was spectacular. I will say if any of you out there know of any venues that are looking for a show or if you yourself have a venue that is looking for a show. Mm-hmm. Flapping and Fawning Productions would be glad to have a show at your venue. We might be interested. Maybe we could do a little live podcast moment. That would yeah. be so fun. Um, yeah. Speaking of which, I think that would make people want to rate our podcast even more. Yes. Um, so as a reminder, we like to read at the top of all of our regular episodes a five-star review from Apple Podcasts. And unfortunately, it looks like we haven't had a new one uh, since our last recording. Um, so that means that y'all have a great chance to go put in a five-star review so that we can read it. So go, go, go. Go do it right now. Go to Apple Podcasts. Show a friend how to rate, review, and subscribe. Um, and make sure that you give us that five-star review so that you can hear your thoughts on our podcast. All right. Well, today we're going to be continuing our conversation about how to start drag. Um, well, why don't we take a break? and get into it. Sure. And we are back. Yay, we're to back. To talk about... <laughs> I faked out font. I thought they, I, they thought I was going to do a, um, <laughs> a button on the soundboard, but then I did not. I froze for a second like a deer in headlights. <laughs> like a fawn in headlights. um so this week we are going to be continuing our talk on starting drag yes Uh, last week we talked about uh some basic skills that you would want to know things like makeup how to style hair costuming uh, a little bit on branding and social media as well um and this week we're going to be talking about the some other important basic skills like performance skills and um, mixes and how to do some networking in drag. And I will say, I know last week thinking back and listening back, we didn't necessarily cover a lot that might be beneficial to drag Kings. Um, Twat Wylan has so graciously sent me some information that would be beneficial Ooh, to thanks, some of twat. Uh, the Kings out there that are listening. So, I'm going to go ahead and knock that out now. Yeah, hit it, Tits. Um, so there is a active Facebook group called Drag Kings Unite that is for kings. It's incredibly resourceful in every single way for newbies. Kings from all around the globe at every level, and it's an enormous brotherhood. That is a direct quote from Twat I love himself. Um and there's also a drag king name registry where you can check to see if your name is already being used and you can also submit your name and information <gasps> to stake a claim. Okay, that is amazing. Yeah. I I wish they had that for drag queens. There I think there might be. Oh. Ow. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> You're just kicking stuff now. Yeah. <laughs> Flapping it on and then kicking. <laughs> oh, yeah. per- performance skills. <laughs> no buck a deer. Uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so they're a comedy. Uh, entertainer. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Oh, wait, was that, was that it? Yeah, that was it. Oh, okay, work, work, work. So yeah, go check out that. If you're a a drag king looking to get started, um, hopefully some of the skills that we talk about today will still be beneficial, but definitely utilize that Drag Kings United Facebook page. Um, That's an an outstanding resource. I know that I got to meet a lot of fabulous people during the pandemic from a page called Drag Work. um, That's spelled W-E-R-K. And uh, it's largely drag queens, um, but there are also lots of different types of entertainers. I think the main person who's over is actually a drag king. Yeah, there was um, one that I was in when I started drag that I don't even know if it even exists anymore. But like, if you're new, check out Facebook groups. There's Mm -hmm. probably going to be a group that you can be in. I know there was when I started. Also, if you're facial haired, 
and do drag hit me up we do have a instagram chat group that is for facial haired entertainers of all gender representation identity however you present yourself in drag there is i am a part of a instagram group where we just send our posts from instagram to the group and everybody hypes it up goes likes oh, it I love stuff that. like that so let me know if you're a facial hair entertainer and want the end on that group oh snap i'm gonna go start working on my mustache <laughs> um yes well i mean it sounds to me like that those are some really great opportunities for networking so why don't we yeah. just start with that me um, jumping ahead on the yeah outline but no i think that's great because net honestly I think networking, like the performance skills to the side, I think networking is what makes or break you, makes or breaks you as a drag entertainer. Right. I have worked with people who are amazing entertainers, but are pains to work with. And so I don't want to book those people again. I would rather book the people who were really nice. Um, and, and I mean, you, you have to have some level of entertainment value for sure. Yeah. But it's it's all about being nice niceness really does count um and so does that level of professionalism i think you need to come to the dressing room prepared and and you know what you're going to be doing um when you perform and even to an extent with the networking side of things you're not going to get booked without networking right you can't get that first booking that first impression unless you have some degree of networking with it because like you can't get the second gig if you can't even you're not even no matter how nice you are you're not going to get that second gig if you don't have that first one mm-hmm. so you want to make sure you're out there networking that could be facebook that could be instagram twitter going to shows i highly recommend go to shows go to shows in track let those show directors see your face see that you're interested that you're willing to support the show that you're not just also looking at it like a paycheck. Yeah. That is, that is definitely a huge advantage. And, and I understand it's not always easy to make it out to those shows. Correct. It may not be accessible all the time, but that is definitely going to be something that gives you an advantage. Um, uh, fortunately and and unfortunately in some ways that's kind of just the name of the game you know yeah um and i think it's a benefit to go see whatever show you're wanting to be booked at at least once like when yeah. i went to when i was booked for karis's drag brunch i was so glad that i had the opportunity to go the month before as well so that i could kind of scope things out and see right. oh, okay i'm going to be doing a lot of moving in here and working the crowd um whereas at other venues it's may not be as big right um, so it, that, that is always it's only going to help you <clears throat> to just come out to those shows and I know a lot of people get shy or feel like, oh, am I, am I annoying this person by messaging them? Me. Um, definitely still do that. Um, now, I know we talked a little bit about that last week, but yeah. I, I want to talk about networking is a really big thing that comes into play from going to open stages just because you get to meet people. Yes. And I, that's how I met my drag mom, really. I mean, we met at, like a, at one show at Quest, but then when she encouraged me to come out to... Um, the baddest bitch it was like i would have never had that opportunity to continue doing drag and get paid bookings if it wasn't for me starting there and then making my connections with mariah um that allowed me to branch out and look now you're on cast i'm on cast i know full circle so wild i used to get horribly drunk in quest and now (laughs) and now i entertain people entertain the masses now you entertain the people that are horribly drunk exactly and that's what i love to do that's why we do it damn it uh yeah i so in town birmingham specifically i think kind of has this weird uh culture of open stages being competitions right um and i didn't know where you were gonna go with the birmingham has a weird culture because that can go a lot of directions (laughs) with drag in birmingham true it can but I think that, um, you know, there are some competitions. There are some now that are popping up that are not competition based. It's just, we want to celebrate the art form, which is kind of how it was when I started. It wasn't predominantly competition based when I started Mm. other than like, there was like legitimate like competitions that you would sign up for. Like I did Sharon used to host, um, she's done two seasons of it. It was, um, clash of drags. Yeah. I did season one of it. And, that was literally like my introduction to drag outside of just literally doing open stage at our place every single week. I love it. I mean, I I would love to see more competitions formalized like that in town. Um, 
But I and I also know there are some people who are really apprehensive to doing a competition. So like, what do you think are some pros and cons of the different types of open stages? For me, it's one of those things, non-competition based open stages remove some of the pressure. Okay. It lets art be art for art's sake. It allows a lot more freedom of just expressing yourself and not having to worry about fitting conventions and fitting what is expected of me. What, is, what am I going to want the crowd? What, is, what do I think the crowd wants? Yeah. It just allows a lot more self-expression and just pure art form of it. Whereas a lot of competitions, it's like, what do I think will win? Or... Yeah. Even if you're not going into a competition-based open stage with the mindset that, oh, I want to win this, it still can take a damn it. Like, it can take a toll on your psyche just, like, going in and not winning because, like, week after week, if you're doing mm-hmm. that and you're not winning because somebody else brought a huge group and it's based on crowd applause, it's hard to judge some of those things on a... It's kind of like how camp, honestly, has been such different skill sets it's hard to judge sometimes yeah uh and i don't think everything needs to be a competition i'm not saying competitions are bad because i am somebody that did a lot of them that enjoyed a lot of them but i also got the side where i was literally able to perform no pressure just perform and work on my craft and hone it every single week at an open stage that wasn't a competition right That's true. I think there are some benefits to having open stages that are competitions. Um, I mean, for for me, I I only ever got to go to Baddest Bitch, which was a competition. And the one I did at our place um, before those stopped before the pandemic, that one was also a competition and it was based on audience applause. And I think there's something that is worthwhile about having competition based open stages. Um, In my personal opinion, I think you should do both. Because yeah. you you gain skill. I mean, first of all, the better entertainer you're gonna you're like the more time you get on stage, the better the entertainer you're gonna be. Um, the more you just need that more practice time, more time on stage. And with uh, having a competition based open stage, I like it because it gives you practical skills that show directors want to see you do. So, for example. I want to see people who I book for my show promote their show. And I think when it's based on audience applause, I I see more entertainers promoting, Hey, I'm in this show come out. Um, and, and they really have some stakes on the line for why they need that to happen. Um, I, and so I, I like it because of that, but I also like it because I think you, that on the one hand, yes, you should do drag for you and you should celebrate the importance of that. But I, I was glad that I had competitions that weren't always audience applause based um, or nights at baddest bitch that were that way because then I could see, okay, what am I doing that's working really well with the audience? Because ultimately I want to be able to make the most money out of a number that I can. Um, so it's like, how do I merge the worlds of me doing drag for me, but also me doing drag for an audience that's going to be receptive to it. Um, so I, I think those are skills that are important to gain. So I, I would encourage people to go to both um, when they're first starting out. Personally, I would say before you decide what you're going to do or if you're going to do both, decide what your reason for doing drag is. Mm. Are you wanting just to do drag to have fun as a hobby? Or are you wanting to make this into something that you will get paid bookings for? Right. Um, if you're not looking to make it anything serious and you just want to have a chill self-expression don't worry about fucking with competitions just do the if you just want to do it make art for art's sake just do open stages yeah just do what you want to do um but at the same time like if you're wanting to like be booked everywhere and all of that do the competitions competitions especially the ones that are not just the crowd-based ones like the ones that have themes for like you to fit in really help you diversify your drag and try new things that you might not have tried otherwise. Um, at the same time, also there was one thing that you said about competitions help show show directors like that you're doing what they would like. I feel like that also can be a double edged sword at the same time because mm. you want to make sure that you're still holding on to some individuality with that because just because you can buck and split and lip sync 
does it make you special? If that makes sense. Um, just because you can do yeah. those, just because you have a certain amount of skills, does it make you an individual? You've got to make sure you're putting your own personal self into what you're doing. If that makes sense. And I don't mean that to be like a dig. I literally mean it as like, make sure that you're still bringing part of who you are to this. And it's not just a canned, what do you think the show director wants? Oh, yes. Okay. I I feel like I I might have phrased that a little weird, but... (laughs) It's okay. No, I... I well, I think a lot of people come in. I know I did my very first time thinking I can do a back bend and I can do a split. That's all I need. I'm ready to be a drag queen. Let's go. And then when I got out there, I was like, oh, this isn't really what's working for me. Yeah. And I realized I, I'm not really showing my funny side at all. And then one time I just twerked at a weird time um, during a song and everyone laughed. And I was like, oh, maybe I'm a comedy queen. <laughs> and so I started leaning more into that and incorporating that into my mixes but before we get into too much performance stuff i did want to keep like talking a little bit more about the networking aspect of things um so what do you think about uh you know you've got open stages right so that's kind of where you start when you're when you're first looking for that opportunity sometimes they're competitions sometimes they're just a celebration of drag um i think a, a step above those competitions is something like a pageant um so what do you think about pageants for new entertainers pageants are as most things really on this list a double-edged sword mm-hmm. um if you're gonna go into pageantry even if you're just gonna test the waters and figure it out i highly recommend getting with somebody that you have that you know has done pageants or has won pageants that will literally help work you through the process or talk you through the process listen you don't have to take all of their advice but some of their advice they may be giving because they've experienced. Um, just at least listen whether you take the advice or not. Yeah. Pageants are really hard as far as there is a learning curve with pageantry. Because mm-hmm. there are certain things that they are looking for that just because you might be a great entertainer doesn't mean you're fitting the box of pageantry because it is a box um it's a style it's an aesthetic there are certain rules and confines of pageantry that might work well outside of a pageant and you may get praised for but in a pageant you might actually get points off for right um so i would say everybody should try a little bit of everything if you're wanting to make this anything beyond just uh doing art for art's sake I would say dip your toes in as many different things as you can. Just know also your first time doing a pageant. You will probably lose. Yes. And that is okay. And also be prepared to get your judges score sheets and take the score sheets, read them, reflect on them, take what you want. I think the best also like talk with somebody else about your score sheets because there are things that you may think are ridiculous that you're getting points off for. But if you talk to somebody else, they might be that like you're close with that has done pageants. They might be like, no, this is actually a valid thing for this circumstance for this particular thing. Yeah, I I, I would agree. Like the thing I like the most about pageants is that you get feedback and it's, you can you can kind of read the room when you're doing an open stage or even a paid gig, but at a pageant you get like n- notes on ways that you can grow. And I even I if love it's that. just um, saying to have bigger hair when you've already got the biggest hair in presentation, <laughs> and you get knocked off for not having big enough hair. <laughs> but Fawn's not bitter or anything. Look, I have a very sordid <laughs> past with pageants because there are some things that. I personally have been counted off for in pageants that literally were nitpicks trying to take points off for that. Mm. I am like, I did this more than my fellow competitors. So why am I being counted off for? Which like also pageants aren't framed like that, but it's also one of those things like, I want to know what the other people were counted off for. If that, if I, I want to make sure it's 
even across the board. Right. And that's true. I mean, there, there, it's a certain amount of, of like you do have to take that feedback with a grain of salt. Um, yeah. And, and realize that I, it, for the most part, I believe that you can assume positive intent from the judges, like in, in their feedback. I, I think that, you know, there may be people who, who you have a past with who, who for some reason want to give you some kind of negative feedback. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, that's why it's good to talk about it and to see what you can incorporate. I think there's some basic rules in pageantry you should learn. Yeah. Um, like what an evening gown is the very first time I did a pageant, I wore an evening gown that didn't hit the floor yeah. and I had no idea. I wore long hair that touched the gown. Yeah. I had jewelry that touched the gown. And I, I don't just think jewelry that touches the gown is like the worst thing in the world. It's a more of like, I mean, at those national pageants, they'll get you. Cause I've heard of people not winning a category like evening gown because their jewelry touched their gown, which is, I like, I would never think of that. Like yeah. I was kind of shocked to hear that was a, a rule that you need to watch out for. Um, but it's dims the rules. So, <laughs> and it's just like with the hair touching the, uh, gown updo. like there's a reason that's what people always wear. It's because that's what is expected. Mm-hmm. And like you do get points off if you're not wearing an updo and it doesn't have to be a loaf. Now updos have gotten so much more creative and yeah, modern. Hit up my husband. I think with, he made a really good one for me. Um, yeah, that one was nice. I really like that Thank one. Um, but, and it's also one of those things. If you don't have some of these things going into a pageant, feel free to reach out to people and ask to borrow them. But what I really would say is don't ask to borrow them. Ask if you can rent them. Mm. Um, if you don't have a rapport with somebody that like you're not close to them ask to rent something because I'm not going to give away something that I spent almost $400 on to somebody that I don't know for them just to take for the night and I don't know what kind of condition it's going to come back in Mm, I've done it I've had a wig ruined when I've done it yeah um And so, like, that's me coming from personal experience, and I know other people that feel the same. So offer to rent it. Um, Be prepared that it may come with a cost. Also, if you're going to borrow something from somebody or rent something from somebody, please take extreme cautious care of it. Um, Because... that, that, that comes back to networking, you know, yeah. people want to see that you're going to be, that you're going to take care of your own drag and that you're going to take care of them. Cause this is one There's big a reason I still remember mm. the person that like ruined <laughs> one of my updos. Like, cause like that's somebody else's money at the end of the day. And it's something that either somebody pe- yeah. spent a lot of time or a lot of money on. So it's also a respect thing. Cause elephants don't forget and neither does fawn. Nope. <laughs> I forgive, but I do not forget <laughs> unless it's something that's important. Then I do forget it. Usually, right. now I, I think that with uh, one benefit of being in a drag family, I was able to borrow some things and not necessarily have to rent it. I had built a certain relationship with my drag yeah. family, um, especially with my drag mom for jewelry. I mean, she even let me borrow some stuff that I took to camp on a kiki. Yeah. Um, and I, I really loved my experience being in a drag family. Now everyone's kind of moved, and so it like the we have like a group chat. The family is still is still kind of there, um, but it's not quite as heavy of an influence on the drag I do today. But starting out, I'm so thankful to have them because, um, or to have had them because they encouraged me to do. Uh, digital pageants they were like oh you should check out this one you should check out this one i was able to develop skills in so many different ways that i never would have expected um i got paid gigs online which was really cool thanks to the people in my drag family um especially mariah who knows everybody in these pageant systems and um and she was just really wonderful at helping me network in that way on a more national level And I mean, that's a little bit different when you're talking about family. Like for me, Karis and Twat are people that I have borrowed stuff from that I have let borrow things from me and would in a heartbeat and not even think about it. But that goes down to like, make sure that somebody that you have that kind of rapport with, um, not just randomly hitting somebody up the day before a pageant asking to borrow an updo. Yeah. 
And that's the other thing too. Like if, if, if you're going to take the step to do a pageant, understand that you're taking on a responsibility with that. Like it's uh, doing a pageant is almost like interviewing for a job. Think of it that way. Um, you want to have a reason that you want to win that prepared for when you're asked for that. You want to make sure that you're not just going out and doing some random Thursday night mix on a, uh, for your talent, like have something prepared that you're going to do to really impress those judges and show them that you want that title. And like also be aware that pageants winning a pageant is so much more than showing up and doing the pageant. When you win the pageant, you're carrying that title for the next year. Right. And there is so much extra work that comes outside of that. And that really shows more about who you are with what you do with your reign than like just, Oh, she showed up in a great in a pageant. Like, People are going to notice what you do with your rain or what you don't do with your rain. Exactly. Um, I think that is a great note for us to take a break on. Fall is just around the corner, and one of the best ways to celebrate is at Conjure Fest. At ConjureFest, you'll find live music, drag, tarot readings, palm readers, pole dancers, fire breathers, belly dancers, great food, and much, much more. So mark your calendar for September 23rd, 2023 for ConjureFest 2023. Last year, I got to perform at ConjureFest in drag and also with the Rocky Horror cast, and we had a blast. People were up there dancing with us during our number. It was so fun. The crowd was just really excited to be around and just to celebrate fall and the spooky season that's upon us. So for more information, visit ContrafestBham.com. And we are back. Um, we're going to be talking about some performance skills and the music choices next that you may want to make um so how do you how has your choices in performances evolved since fawn first was birthed um the very first time i performed it was at a i was a baby busted booger trash bbb um and (laughs) 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 um and it was at a benefit for the pulse shooting. Mm. Um, so my thought process going into that, I knew I had zero performance of any kind other than like band history. Um, and I did masterpiece by Jesse J because it was one of those things. I was like, I'm, I know I'm not great, but I'm working on it. And so it was a song that like meant a lot for me. And it was also a benefit show for something that was like, really meaningful uh but i also threw in a little bit of bridesmaids the i fell off a cruise ship yes ping pong down i think i've mentioned this on the pod (laughs) before actually but so like there's always been a little bit of campiness to what i did and then i had a phase where i was trying to do like the crazy popular pop top 40 shit um and like i still will like touch some of it but it's like as I want to, not as a crutch or because that's what I think I should do. I very much solidified myself. And honestly, the earlier you find this, the better, because it took me a long time. Find your little groove of what you enjoy performing and what you're good at performing, what the audience enjoys the most from you and kind of stick with that you can uh, Mm -hmm. you can venture outside of it i still venture outside of that myself but once you find that little sweet spot that you fit in stick with it and milk the fuck out of it yeah we love milking here at flapping and fawning (laughs) you drinking dolphin milk (laughs) what um yeah i i agree with that 100 percent. i think you should go with what you like especially at the beginning do something that you just are really excited yeah. to perform um one of my favorite artists is caroline rose and so i got to perform caroline rose when is i first she any started. relation to alexis no 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 relation to alexis or i mean i don't know, maybe i don't think so probably a little not. bit <gasps> she might be a little bit alexis um okay 
now things are coming together. Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I love Caroline Rose. So I was like, I'm going to do this first. Um, and just uh, I, what I would avoid is doing things that you know your friends are doing. Um, I When I was doing Baddest Bitch in my early days, I would frequently uh, see someone go out and perform, pull over that ass too fat. Whoop, whoop. And then three other people backstage would be like, damn, she did my song. <laughs> and it was like, eh, maybe just pick something that's or, not so common. Or if you really want to do that song, have backups. Yeah. One thing that anytime it's been a show where I don't mail my music and email my music, not mail shit. Who uses the <laughs> mail? I'm going to mail this CD. <laughs> Track um, number eight. <laughs> Sincerely. <laughs> One thing that I've always done since I started, if it's not a show where I email my music in advance, is I have backup songs mm. ready. Either on my USB, on back in the day when it was CDs, I would have backup songs on that. That way you are prepared and ready. If somebody, if all of a sudden something comes on and that's the song you're performing, you're ready to be like, hey, I'm doing, you can go to the show director or the host and be like, Hey, I'm doing this song. Can we change it? Yep. And, and honestly that will impress the show directors too. If you have a backup and you are prepared. Yes. Um, Because also show directors don't want the same song five times. So they're going to let you change your song. One of the things that my drag mom told me impressed her the most about me that made her want to ask me to be in her family was on the very first time I performed about us bitch. I had, a USB, I gave it to her, told her my my music, and then they took it to the DJ, and it turned out that my USB wasn't working. So she came to me and was like, hey, so sorry, it's not working. And I was like, oh, no worries, I brought a backup. And she was like, oh, well, that never happens. Um, and so bring a backup. Yeah. Have a couple of ways that you can access that. Like I would email it, I would have it on a USB, and I would have it just available on your phone if at all else fails. Um, you have a way to have your music, so you can still go on. Um, and are you someone who brings additional costumes? Usually. Yeah. I at least Same. will have one or two because I'll have a tip around and worst case scenario that tip around can become a number if you need to do an extra number. Mm-hmm. Yep. I would agree. Yeah. Bring, bring something that can, that you can store easily so it doesn't take up too much space cause you don't want to be hauling around all your big props for something, you know, if you're, if you're not going to use it, but um, I usually have like my phone purse and a dress that's my backup <laughs> in case I need it. And that's a good point too. Um, something that we haven't discussed is dressing room etiquette. Mm, yeah. Um, which very much falls into that. I'm so bad at this, honestly. Um, don't take up the whole dressing room. I'm sorry. Uh, it Because that's another thing. Show directors will notice, mm-hmm. oh, this person was here and they took up the whole dressing room. Or, oh, this person was here and they spilt things all over the dressing room and didn't bother cleaning up they left a mess yeah people show directors are going to want people that are considerate and courteous of the space Uh, yes yeah that is absolutely true um and especially a lot of bars that you're going to do shows at they don't have big dressing room spaces it is not Um, you do not have a rupaul's drag race workroom you will not have a station you likely won't have a mirror bring like be prepared do you remember how small it was at redacted bar that i was on cast at i do i do when they built the wood part Mm -hmm. to where you still had a little bit of the stage and it was that tiny little area and they wanted to fit four to five of us in it yeah that i mean you and we could barely stand in there, mm-hmm. much less fit our drag. So you you really need to come prepared um, with the the shit you need ready to go. Um, Which yeah. is why also at the beginning, I know we talked about it last time. You don't need all the styled wigs as a baby. Yeah, entertainer. Um, shaking goes are fine because you're also taking up less space in the dressing room until so you true. figure out like if you're getting paid to be there. Sure, bring the styled wigs. Bring your stuff. But if you're not. Take the shaking because it's fine because okay. you're also going to consolidate less space of the dressing room. Also with dressing room etiquette, I think it's important to read the room. You know, you want to you want to be able to kiki and laugh with the with the other entertainers that are back there. Um, but you also want to make sure you're not taking up all of the air because it, it can sometimes be a stressful space. People are doing quick changes. Yeah. Um, and, and make sure you're noticing, okay, what's going on right now? Is Are, are they in the middle of something? Maybe I can hold this conversation for yeah. later. Um, but even always like, be nice and, and be, uh, I was going to say sisterly, but like just have a family oriented attitude. Like how can you help? If someone needs a bobby pin, take it out of your bag. If, it's if someone needs a zip, 
give them a zip. Do it. And like also with the whole Kiki side of things, just because you see two people bantering back and forth in a very shady manner, that's not always an invitation for you to jump in. Mm-hmm. Because there are certain conversations that I might have with like Karis or even you that I will like say some dog shit awful things <laughs> in a joking manner. But or, you know me and, and I know you. Yeah, and like, I would be fine if like you or Kara said something like that or twat. But if some person that I've met once is like comes in and is like, hey, you're like shit. And I'm just like, I'd literally probably say, fuck off. <laughs> like, just be self aware and make yeah. sure there's certain, like, have what, fun with them and banter. But there are certain lines to be careful. What you see on those dressing rooms on these reality TV shows is not reality. Like Correct. You, you you should be kind and, and always be nice to begin with. Say hi to everyone that's there um, and just do your best to make a positive impact without being too overbearing. And I think also in that kind of direction, if you're younger and starting out, almost wait until somebody else starts having that banter with you. Mm. Cause if you haven't learned how to read that yet and read that like level of like siblinghood. Yeah. Like wait for somebody else and that'll be a good green light of, okay, I can right. give it back because if somebody's given it to you, they should be able to take it right back. Okay. And I hate to just keep beating this dead horse of dressing room etiquette, but also don't bring unnecessary people in the dressing room. Like I, when I first started out, I would frequently bring my partner into the dressing room with me. And I feel Um, like your partner is a common thing for people to bring in the dressing room. I know a lot of people that their partner is in the dressing room often. That's way more okay than your friend from high school. Who's already really, really drunk and just coming back to see the drag Queens. Like, no, Um, there's nothing. There, there's no reason like it, there, there's rarely a good reason for someone who's not performing to be yeah. assisting. Like I have like, some if it's costumes some bitch that I, yeah. like nobody on cast knows except for like one person that is like a special guest, like not even a cast member. And they're just like, Oh yeah, this person, I met them three hours ago. Like, no, no. fucking no. Yeah. Don't do that. Um, it just, it, like you, you want to show that you can be like, present yourself in the best light possible. You want to show that you are, you, you can independently do your craft and put on a good show and, and leave a positive atmosphere wherever yeah. you go. That, that should be the goal. Um, in my humble opinion. Well, Fawn, do you have anything else you want to add before we get to our final thoughts and final tips on how to start drag? As far as networking and direct dressing room etiquette, I think that's about all I have to say. I think so too. And I'm sure we'll bring it up some other time. So make sure you subscribe yeah. for more drag tips. Ding. Wait. Okay. I mean, um, that kind of works. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would say it's just one closing thought. My biggest piece of advice for new entertainers, be a drag queen, not a drama queen, or be a drag entertainer, not a drama entertainer, because <laughs> the it, it is, for the most part, people just want to see you succeed. Audience members want to see you succeed, and I think it's important to assume positive intent. If someone says something that really rubs you the wrong way, have a private conversation. You don't need to air all of that out online. If you can handle that privately and pro- professionally, I think that says a lot more about you and your character um, than it's funny you say that the best job ma- split in the world. It's funny you say that because I'm currently making a call-out post about you. You better. Yeah. It's about my cannibalism. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, great. Okay. Well, I'm excited to read all about it. Maybe in a five-star review. <laughs> Vaughn, do you have any final drag tips? Um, just be courteous and considerate, like above all. That's one of the biggest things uh, because people notice. Mm -hmm. And even if they don't notice, what they really notice is when you're not. Yeah. Say thank you. Yeah. Thank whoever the host is, whether they booked you or it's an open stage. Also know the difference between a booking and an open stage. Um, Yeah. If you're paid, it's a, if you're paid, it's a booking. And if you weren't paid to be there, it wasn't a booking. Yeah. Um, Hotspot or whatever. Yeah. So just like be grateful of 
the person hosting and the venue for having you and the patrons like yeah i, I that think too. i think it's like your fourth that's number, another you know? thing that i don't think we really talked about is tip around mm-hmm. before or after the show tip around a little bit and like get to know the audience because the more the audience knows you the more they're going to want to come back to see you. And that's only going to benefit you. Like, I usually bring five costumes to a show, A, because I'm a lunatic, but B, because I try to get there early and meet people. At the end of, like, I find that I make more money when I show up early, meet people, tell them my name, tell them to cheer for me and to be looking for me, um, than if I was to just go out and do my numbers. Um, Also, you're trying to encourage bar sales when you, nine times out of 10, if you're at, if you have a booking at a bar, that's what you want to be encouraging. So be out there helping turn the party and make it fun. Okay. Well, thanks everyone for listening to another episode of Flapping and Fawning. Yeehaw. So much passion. (laughs) (laughs) Ah. Well, au revoir, everyone. See you next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to Flapping and Fawning. Music by Elliot Nass. Promotional art by Danny Lee. Hosts are Flapjack. Oh, hey, that's me. And I'm Fawn. You can follow me on Instagram at fawn.fawn.fawn. And you can follow me over at Instagram as well. And pretty much any other social media platform at flapjquellen. F-L-A-P-J-A-C-Q-U-E-L-I-N-E. Connect with us on social media on Instagram at Flapping and Fawning Pod. And on Twitter at Flap and Fawn Pod. Oh, and make sure you check out the links in our bio to buy some merch. You can also connect with us via Gmail at flappingandfawningpod at gmail.com. See you next time. Bye. Ta-ta.